to the story. Yours and mine in the goddamn truth, girl. Two lies that you told me. Say you love me and you hate me, I don't know what to do, girl. One night for sure. You can back it back something, baby, I want more. But I need to know. Can you make me a promise to always be honest with a kiss? What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Red Zone. Radio. I am Robert Wampler. It is great to be here. Great to have you. Just reminded you to listen to Red Zone Radio on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcast. All right, so before we get started, I just want to thank everyone. Um, so Red Zone Radio was ranked in the top 40, and it, it's hard for me to explain how much that really means to me. Um, it honestly means a lot to me. That you guys help me with this podcast, help me with you know this career essentially, and uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. That really means a lot to me. All right, we got a lot of stuff to get to today, including NBA Finals. That series is tied two two. Some NFL news to get to. Some more Aaron Rodgers news. I know that story. It it, it feels like a dragon at this point, but I'm gonna talk about it um, as long as the news keeps coming out. But let's talk about some NFL news. So ESPN released a list a couple weeks ago of their top 10 quarterbacks, what they thought were their top 10 quarterbacks. And a lot of people had a problem with it. They they didn't like the list. I didn't really have a problem with it. I thought most of them were pretty good. Um, but the one name I saw in there a lot of people didn't like was Dak Prescott. And the way I stand on that is I agree and I don't agree at the same time with having a problem with Dak in the top 10. And here's why. So, I personally, on this podcast before, I've talked about Dak Prescott, and I've said, look, he's been fortunate in his NFL career. He's been fortunate enough to land on the Cowboys, have an owner that's going to give him a record-breaking deal, have the best O-line when he came in the league, have the best running back when he came in the league, have the best receivers, one of the best receiving courts at least, get get an owner that's going to make big trades, like get Michael Gallup, have an owner that wants to keep you happy, have an owner that gets two coaches for you, all of that. However, look, I don't try to take myself too seriously. Obviously, I do this as a living talk about sports, and I'm grateful for that. With that being said, I don't think I would be doing my job too seriously or good if I did not look at the facts and change my opinion based on the facts, even if they disagree with my opinion prior to looking at those facts, right? So here's the thing with Dak Prescott. Although I don't think he's as good as Patrick Mahomes or as Russell Wilson or as Josh Allen, I don't think as the ceiling of those guys, and his stats aren't even close to those guys. What's funny is he's not, he's not in my opinion, he's not one of the 10 best quarterbacks, but he may just be the most valuable quarterback in the NFL. And I would have never said that a year ago. But after watching the Cowboys last year, and he steps off the field, obviously, with that nasty injury. And Andy Dalton takes over the team. And what's funny is it's not like Andy Dalton hasn't been good. He's been good before. He's nicknamed the Red Rifle. I mean, he, he could play in Cincinnati. He played at a dysfunctional organization. And, I mean, he was a capable starter. There's a reason it took Cincinnati so long to move off of Andy Dalton. Because they were thinking maybe some of this problem was on us. And, and part of it was. But because he looked good. He had an arm. He, he, he had, you know, accuracy. He, he could move around a little bit. He and that A.J. Green connection, I mean, we were talking about that as if it was one of the best quarterback-receiver duels in the league when they were in their prime. 
So it's not like Andy Dalton's a bad quarterback, and he takes and he takes control of that team, and they struggled. They went six and ten, and they finished third in a division out of four teams in the worst division of all of football. So it it's funny looking at this team. I mean, they they had good receivers last year. Zeke just completely disappeared, going from one of the top backs to the worst backs when Dak got off the field. And I understand the defense struggled. I understand that, but that's got nothing to do with that's got nothing to do with Zeke disappearing. That's got nothing to do with Andy Dalton struggling. That's got nothing to do with the receiving core dropping passes. They picked up Ceedee Lamb last year. The offense should have been put up numbers, and they weren't. They got hammered by the Cardinals last year. And although I like Kyler Murray and I like that Cardinals team this year, they were not a playoff team last year, and they hammered the Cowboys Monday Night Football. At Dallas, I understand the fans, but at Dallas. So, it's funny. This is what I've always said about LeBron and MJ. You can make the argument that MJ's a better shooter. You can make the argument that MJ's a better defender. You can make the argument that he's more clutch. You can make the argument... You can certainly make the argument that he's a better free throw shooter. You can make any of those arguments. I don't necessarily agree with all of them, but you can make those arguments. Those are valid arguments. But you cannot make the argument that MJ is more valuable than LeBron. LeBron is arguably the most valuable player... In league history. MJ does not compare to LeBron as far as value. LeBron steps off the floor. And his team struggles. You saw what happened when he left the Cavs. They have not made the playoffs since. They went from making four straight finals. And winning one of them. To not sniffing the playoffs any of the years they left. That's valuable. That's not necessarily the best. Although I do think he's the best. That's not necessarily the best. That's just valuable. Dak's not necessarily the best quarterback. I don't. To be honest with you, I don't even know if he's top ten. His ceiling's not great. His stats aren't great. His accuracy isn't great. He can move around, um, and and he is durable. But what's funny is, he's extremely valuable. And sometimes you want value over best. Mahomes is great. Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. But is he necessarily the most valuable? I don't know. I mean, that Chiefs team's got a lot of weapons. They got Andy Reid. They were doing good with Alex Smith. I'm not saying they'd be better without Mahomes. I'm not saying they'd be where they're at with Mahomes, but that team could still win some games and make it to the playoffs. We saw what happened when Dak stepped off the Cowboys. Now, you certainly couldn't make the argument that part of that is because we just give the Cowboys too much credit. But, I mean, I understand that I understand that historically. I'm not talking about 20 years ago. I, I shouldn't even say historically. I understand the past 10 years that Dallas has not made, has not been New England. Dallas has not been... Uh, Kansas City in the last couple of years. They haven't been the Seahawks. But they've been a good organization. We can at least admit, they might not be a great organization, but they're a functional organization. Jerry Jones, although sometimes I feel he makes decisions that are kind of just out of the blue, he's an owner that's willing to spend money and get you weapons if you want. He's not the best owner, but he certainly isn't the worst. He's a GM that's willing to do things for you that other GMs won't be willing to do. So, I understand that Dak may not be one of the 10 best quarterbacks. But we really have to define the difference between best and valuable because he is one of the most valuable quarterbacks in the NFL. All right, so let's go to another quarterback that was left off the list, Kyler Murray. So, I'm going to be giving, I'm going to be doing some predictions here for divisions because football season is getting kind of close. So, I'm going to do NFC North predictions today. But I do want to talk about Kyler Murray for a second. 
Because, look, I, I feel he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, his ceiling is insane. He's still growing. Um, he's still, as far as being a quarterback in the league, he's still maturing. And I guess my question, anyone that doesn't think he's one of the best quarterbacks, is what is there not to like about him? I understand he's not the tallest, and I understand his win percentage is not great right now. But when you take the win percentage out of it, and I understand that's a huge part, and that's honestly kind of, if you're not winning games, it doesn't really matter. And I understand he's got DeAndre Hopkins. And I understand he's got, you know, now A.J. Green. But you gotta, this is where I feel for Kyler Murray. Since he's inherited a lot of garbage. And I'm just being honest with you. He's inherited a lot of stuff that would be hard to deal with on any young quarterback. So first of all, he's inherited the toughest division since he, since he got drafted in the league. He's inherited the toughest division in all football. He's got to face Russell Wilson two times a year. By the way, the same year Kyler Murray got drafted, Nick Boza got drafted to go after him two times a year for the next decade, one of the best pass rushers we've seen in a long time. Also, he's got to face Kyle Shanahan two times a year. He's got to face Sean McVay two times a year. Now he's got to face Matthew Stafford two times a year. So, and I, I understand, I, I, I totally understand that winning is important. But when you put what Kyler Murray has done to this Arizona team in context, it's phenomenal. If you take over a business that's worth $2 billion, and your whole time that you are running that business, it stays $2 billion, maybe goes up to $2.1 billion, that's impressive, and it's impressive that you're able to manage it. But I have a lot more respect for someone that takes over business that's worth $100,000 and turns into about a $2 million business. The value that he brought to that team is insane. It's not a $2 billion business, but a $2 million business that started off as a $100,000 business when someone walks into it, that's pretty impressive. And there are a lot of game managers out there. There's a lot of game managers out there in the, in the quarterback position. And Kyler Murray is not one. He has brought nothing but value to the Arizona team. He's made them relevant. Look at where they were before he got there. Before Kyler got there, this was a team that thought they found their quarterback the year prior when they drafted Josh Rosen in the first round. They saw Kyler Murray, something popped on tape, and they were like, you know, we got to get rid of Josh Rosen. Let's get Kyler Murray in there. We got the number one over pick. Let's draft him. I mean, five quarterbacks under six foot rarely get drafted in the first round let alone drafted with the first overall pick. And when you put the context into it, Kyler Murray is an outstanding player. So it doesn't make sense to me why he was left off this list. I get that winning is important. I get that. His ceiling's insane. And, and if you don't consider him to be one of the 10 best quarterbacks, and if you don't consider him to be one of the best quarterbacks or a great quarterback, then he's damn good. He is a phenomenal quarterback. I, I don't see where it comes from that he can't carry the Arizona team. I just, I, I haven't seen a quarterback in my life like Kyler Murray. And, I mean, it's just insane. Five, nine and a half. His accuracy is good enough. He's got a hose for an arm and can run around like Michael Vick or Lamar Jackson. I've never seen anything like it. All right, let's go here. So the Bucks even the series 2-2. And it should be a great finish. I'm still sticking with the Suns. But here's something to think about. So a lot of life is just having patience, not just waiting around, but having patience. I think there's a difference between the two. Are you patient enough to sell your house and wait for the price that you want? Are you patient enough to finish school and finish college and get the job that you actually want? Are you patient enough to grow your business? And what's funny with Giannis is he's extremely patient. I mean, hell, just look at the two former 
series that he was in. They almost lose game one to Miami. They lose the first two games to the Nets. And they lose the first two games to the Suns. And all those games that they lost, it's not necessarily that they lost them because they were the worst team or that Giannis struggled. They may have just lost those games because Giannis is saying, look, if we win, obviously I want to win these games. But Giannis is one of these players. It's not just that it takes some time to get in the rhythm. It's that he wants to feel you out as an opponent. He wants to know, okay, how are they going to defend me? Are they going to double me? Are they going to put Jay Crowder on me? Are they going to put Chris Paul on me? Are they going to put them both on me? Where do I need a pass? Do I need a pass to Chris Middleton? Are they guarding Chris Middleton as heavily when they're when they're guarding me? How? What is their tendency late in games? Do you like to foul me late in games? Then I'll get the ball out of my hands. That way I don't have to shoot the free throws. His IQ is outstanding. And he likes to scout you. He likes to scout you and he likes to see what you're going to do. Because for Giannis, he's one of those players that if he knows what you're going to do, he's so dominant that it doesn't matter what you do to him. The only element you have on him is the element of surprise. And once that goes away, you really have nothing against him. And although I'm still sticking with the Suns in this series, this is I I, I thought the Suns were going to kind of roll through the box. In the first two games, it looked that way. But the Suns struggled yesterday. They struggled the night before. And although I think they'll win this series, it should be a tight finish, six to seven games. Once again, guys, uh, just before I wrap up, thank you so much for making our podcast ranked to the top 40. It really means a lot to me. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Uh, thank you, everyone, that has listened. I know no one, obviously no one agrees with everything you say, but it means a lot that you guys listen to what I have to say about this stuff. And uh, thank you so much, and let's just, and let's keep building it. That is going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Have a great day, and I will see you next time. Story, yours and mine, and the goddamn truth, girl. Two lies that you told me. Say you love me and you hate me. I don't know what to do, girl. What?